When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs. It is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, we are fresh off of the Avalanche's 3-2 shootout win over the New York Rangers we could go the rest of the regular season and not see a game as good as this one. This was an all-time classic. Yeah, this was a fantastic game. I was low-key kind of dreading this episode because it's like, oh, we only have one game to talk about. But this game was so fucking good that I'm glad this is a standalone episode for this game. Yeah, like I'm glad we don't have any other games to water this game down with. This game deserves a full hour of podcasting if we can manage that. There's so <laughs> much to talk about. I get to complain about ESPN broadcasts. Georgiev revenge game. I hate playing in New York and we got to go to a shootout. My favorite thing. So I got, I got so much stuff to talk about. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like you said at the beginning, this was probably one of the best regular season hockey games we will see all year. Uh, I, I thought both goaltenders were absolutely fantastic and I wouldn't hate. I know I said abs lightning in the cup final. I would not hate a cup final between these two teams. No. The Rangers have go. We both have to get there first. But if it just so happens to work out that way, these two teams would put up a classic. I think in the playoffs, the Avs play better than they did tonight, and I still think they can walk the Rangers. But it would be fun games. Well, it'd be closer because of Igor Shosturkin. I mean, if Igor Shosturkin wasn't playing this game, the Avs could have had four or five goals. And that goes both ways, too. If Alex Georgiev wasn't playing this game, the Rangers could have had four or five goals and blown us out the other way. Georgiev took his revenge game today very seriously. The final shots on goal in this game, I can't remember seeing a a shot on goal line like this that wasn't a double overtime game. 46 for the Rangers, 44 for the Avalanche. And those those two shots on goal can probably be accredited to the Rangers' power play in overtime. Like, just incredibly even. The two goals that went in for the Rangers, literally nothing Georgiev could do. He stopped everything today. Dude, those those Rangers plays, I got to give him credit, those were beautiful passing plays. Those were genuinely beautiful plays on just not great plays by the Avs, but that's what the Rangers are. They can can punish you in transition, and they make those perfect cross-crease passes that there is not anything a goalie in the world can do about them. No, absolutely not, but it was... Up and down action. I, I people were saying that like teams dominated periods. I I don't think that any team particularly dominated a period. I thought they were all pretty evenly played. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I thought the Avs had the edge in the first period. Thought the Rangers were better in the second. I thought the third was really even from start to finish. Like this was just a a classic hockey game. This was an amazing game from start to finish. Like, what was there not in this game? This game had everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think if it's something it didn't have. Like didn't a, have a fight. I was gonna say didn't a fight. I mean, but other than that, it yeah, was other than that, I mean, this other than that, that was a just a classic hockey game and an all-time goalie duel, and it couldn't have been better time between Igor Shosturkin and Alex Georgiev in Georgiev's first game against the Rangers in his career. Yeah, he was awesome. It's kind of unfair that the Rangers had Georgiev and Shosturkin. 
at some point, like judging what these two have shown so far, like it's a little bit unfair, don't you say? There was a point in time where there was a yeah, there was a point in time where they had Shesterkin, Georgiev, and Lundqvist at the same time. That's just not fair. Like, kudos to the Rangers. I hate the like. I I don't hate the Rangers. You have more of a reason to hate the Rangers, but yeah, but it's just not fair that they've been able to go from Lundqvist, an all-time great, to Shesterkin, who's on track to be an all-time great. Like, that's just not fair. Yeah, I mean, how long? When did they get Henrik Lundqvist? Like the early two thousands. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand four. Right, I was gonna say two thousand four, and they immediately transitioned to Shesterkin, who may be better, (laughs) who could potentially be better after Lundqvist had a Hall of Fame career and was arguably the best goalie of his generation. They get. How mad were you that Lundqvist had that heart surgery when he was supposed to play for the Caps? Man, I really wanted him to play for the Caps. Then, I mean, good good on him for taking care of his health. He absolutely cannot fault yeah. anybody for doing that. I was so hyped when Lundqvist signed in Washington just because it, it felt like spitting in the face of the Rangers. <laughs> I, I wanted nothing more than to see Lundqvist in a Capitals jersey, even if it was just for one game, just so we could have that. So we'd be like, nope, he played for another team and he played for us. You don't get to claim him. Yeah, he he's great. He was great. I mean, Shesterkin, I, dude, there were so many times today. I was just like, how the fuck does he make that save? Like that save he had on Miko on that clean cut breakaway was absolutely insane. Yeah, that that rant and save. I mean, he he bit on the move, but he's just so good and so athletic. He just dives back and saves it anyway. He's he's an animal, right? Yeah. Like right now, I'd argue in one game, maybe not a playoff game. You're giving me one goalie to win one game. It it's just Durkin right now. It's a lot closer than people want to give it credit for. I still lean towards Vasilevsky. Yeah, but. I in, mean, in the playoffs, I go Vasilevsky, but you're, yeah. you're giving me one game. I'm going to pick Shesterkin in the regular yeah. season. It's a tight game or a tight choice, but that's just kind of where, kind of where I'm at so far. But man, should should we start? Should we start breaking down the game? We we certainly could. We are an ass podcast. <laughs> we do get paid to do that from time to time. I can start even before the game even begins. I turned on the ESPN pregame and I shut it off instantly. I cannot stand <laughs> when the Rangers are on national television. They love them so much. They don't even try to hide it. I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just like, I can't deal with this. I'm so done. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem when you go to these big markets. And I mean, thank God the Rangers are good and we aren't having to watch them every night and they're terrible. Like what they're trying to do with Chicago, like Chicago still has a ton of nationally broadcast games. And it's like, no one wants to watch that, but they're going to do it. Um, But yeah, I'm lucky I was still at work and I didn't have to watch any of the, uh, any of the pregame. Thank God. Yeah, I was asleep and I woke up to it and I instantly knew to turn it off because I was like, oh no. <laughs> They're talking about like the Stanley Cup final preview and I know we talked about it, but like that was before the game. Like Stanley Cup final preview and the Rangers and their physicality, they just do everything so perfectly. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I hate listening to you talk about this team so oh, much. Oh, when people are talking about the Rangers last year, like they had this uh, Cinderella. They were the one of the luckiest teams in modern NHL history. Probably one of the luckiest conference final runs we've seen in a while. Yeah, I mean, they get a third string goalie against Pittsburgh. They get a third string goalie against Carolina. And the first time they play a real goalie, they, they lose. So, um, I think they're better this year. I do. Um, but man, that they, they do love sucking off the Rangers and it's pretty funny. Would you rather be the Rangers or the Islanders though? Like which is worse? Neither is good. At least the Islanders <laughs> was entertaining. It's entertaining. Honestly, they should just just do it for the Buffalo Sabres. No one hates the Buffalo Sabres. Well, that, well if they did it for the Sabres, it wouldn't be fun anymore. That's true. They feel like you're like, yeah, honestly, just, just keep it on the Rangers and leave all the actual fun teams alone. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, the game finally dropped. I I'm surprised how early the puck dropped. I thought it was going to drop till six 30. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought I was going to be able to make it home in time before the game started. I've I've noticed that this season, they've gotten a lot better about puck puck drop this season. Like even for the, the season openers, obviously besides ours, we had the banner raising, but I, for the, the caps one, they dropped the puck on season opener at seven Oh five. I was stunned. Like they were only like seven minutes late on this one, but yeah, I was shocked. I was like, damn, I thought I was going to make it home. I missed like the first five minutes, but I, I didn't miss much, but it, it gets going. Avs get a power play and I, we talked about him enough last episode, but Val Nachushkin is a scoring machine at this point. 
It, he just it, is. I mean, all you have to do is open up NHL.com, go to the stats tab, and tell me who you see in essentially every category. Everything. Val Nichushkin is tied for the lead league lead with 12 points and seven goals in both categories. It's ridiculous. And he's okay. Panarin did not get a point. So they are still tied at 12 a piece at the top of the league. Actually, I think Jesper Brat just joined them like an hour ago, but good for Jesper Brat. No, good for him, man. In a contract year, no less, yeah. but, but for Val seven goals, at the top of the league, tied with, I said I'd go to the stats page. Andre Svechnikov yeah. and Steven Stamkos. I said I was going to look. I did not. But anyway, <laughs> he's tied with Svechnikov and Stamkos and tied with Panarin, Pasternak, and Brat for 12 points at the top of the league. Like, that's crazy. But it's also, it's, it's, also, it's also not that crazy when you consider how good Val is. But it's like I said last episode. Remember a year ago, we said this guy could not finish. And now he can't. Uh, did you see? I don't know if you saw Jay Fresh tweeted out his card yesterday, his analytics card. It, it was absurd. Like, I don't even know analytics, but he, he Val breaks the charts. He's so there's, good. A, there's a lot of blue on there. Yeah. I'm noticing right now a lot of blue and uh, like an uncomfortable amount of blue. Yeah, 96 war. That's absolutely ridiculous. Um, he, he's so good, dude. I, I just. I don't know what else we can say about him because I don't think he's going to cool down. I think this is just going to be the he, – he'll cool down. He's not going to score 100 points. If he but, doesn't cool down, he'll score 90 goals this season. Yeah. Like he's, he's legitimately on pace for like 100 goals. He's yeah. going to stop at some point. And to be fair, like six of them are on the power play. Like that's going to calm down. But the fact that we're getting this at all is nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I we talked about last episode – I don't think it's crazy he gets 35-40. Not, not at this rate. Not absolutely like, not. Like, I don't think it's crazy with the opportunities he's going to get. Um, and he ended up playing a lot with the top line at the end of the game. Not because Arturi Lekkinen was playing bad, but just because Val was just a fucking beast. Just because, so you have to get him up there with McKinnon and Rantanen. Yeah, just because you can play Val wherever you want because he can do whatever you ask of him. He's so good, dude. He's so good. And that Kale McCarr, poor Kale McCarr. He should have like three goals at this point, but they've all been deflected and <laughs> they've gone in. So Kale McCarr is still goalless, which I don't think anyone would have predicted at this point, but he's a been kind of a little surprising and a little disappointing for my fantasy team who picked him six overall, but seven points though. He's, he's true. Yeah, he's got seven points. I mean, he's gotten better with each game. I, I thought tonight was one of his best games so far. Obviously that was a beautiful setup on the power play, just the, the step back and the read and everything. I thought his defense looked a lot crisper tonight and he, it, it doesn't look that different from last October. Honestly, it looked like he got off to a slow start last season with an injury. doesn't seem like he's dealing with anything right now, but he's slowly getting the wheels turning like by January, he's going to be miles ahead of everybody. Oh yeah. He, he's going to be great. And I, I am usually pretty hard on Adam Fox. I don't think he's as good as everyone pegs him to be tonight. He was, he was awesome. Yeah, Adam Fox was great tonight. Fox was one of the best players on the ice in this game. I mean, credit where credit is due. He was brilliant. Yeah, I, I do think he's a little bit overrated, but I mean, that's just me. Um, but he was fantastic tonight. Kale McCarr was fantastic tonight. Like we made fun of the star cam. Well, but... that I was going to segue yeah. right into that. The uh, the what was it? The star cam for ESPN. They advertised that in the first period. And my first thought was why would anybody watch that? So naturally I did just to see, and it's not even bad enough to make fun of, but it's not good enough to ever not watch the normal broadcast. Like I was, I watched it for two minutes and just thought, why would I ever use this for any reason? Because what it is for those who don't know is you get one third of the screen is the actual game, the thing you are watching. And then the other third is kale mccarr and adam fox at all times and where are they for two-thirds of the game christian not on the ice the bench and then <laughs> under that half of the screen the bottom half of the screen is stats that you can just look up on your phone and how much ice time mccarr and fox have good idea why would i ever watch that i don't know if you're a super like junkie of like just watching guys sit on the bench maybe but <laughs> i don't know it 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 was interesting i would never watch those like 
it's just I want to watch the whole game. And maybe it's for I don't know. I don't know who would watch that. I would love to see the numbers on who watched that. Right. Because like if you're a hardcore fan, wouldn't you just watch the game? But if you're a new fan, I don't think you're tuning into the star cam. You're just going to watch the game. Like hockey, if you're not a massive fan, is already complicated enough to follow. Yeah. I don't want to watch two other guys on the bench. And then when they're on the ice, try to keep track of both things. And now the puck's even smaller because it's compressed into a third of the screen. I, you know, we're headed back for the highlighted puck, right? Oh, uh, we absolutely are. On it. Yeah, but we're headed back to that. Hockey is going to be unbearable to watch in five years because you're going to have the digital ads. You're going to have an orange puck. You're going to have all this stuff projected on the ice. The jerseys are going to be littered in ads. <laughs> like It's just going to be stimuli overload. And the NHL is going to wonder, why does nobody watch our sport? We'll see. I, I The highlighted puck is kind of a cool idea, but... Until I, I until it in, it's in practice, and then it sucks. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, I mean, the star cam was interesting. Other than that, in the first period, though, I, I don't think, other than the Val goal, oh, we had the the weirdest, like, it was very clearly, the apps always seem to be on the wrong side of these, but Devon Taves high sticks Kale McCarr in the face, and they take Lafreniere to the box. And it was very clear that it was Devon Taves' stick. Very clear. But they called it, and the abs got a power play. And I I don't know what happened. To my knowledge, the, the tablet didn't work, so they couldn't review it, but they shouldn't have been able to review it in the first place because it wasn't a double minor. But it makes no so like the whole thing was just weird. Yeah, it's just the absolute microcosm of the NHL. And the last 24 hours in the NHL, you had Phil Kessel, who tied the Iron Man streak with Keith Yandel yesterday. And he scores a goal in the first two minutes, which I believe would have been his 600th point or something. 400th goal. Yeah, or 400th goal or something like that. And they took it away for offside. Like just what would have been a classic for years, they they took it away. And now here's the good news. He just scored tonight when he broke the streak. So he's at 400 and it counted. Okay, good. I didn't see that because I've been watching this game. But then you get this 24 hours later where Devontae's high sticks, Kale McCarr, they call it a Lafreniere. That's okay. You know, that's a mistake. They happen. We've instituted rules where you can review that. No, they haven't. They instituted it for double minors, where if you're bleeding, they can take it back. If it's a not that, if it's just a regular high sticking penalty, then you're just stuck with it. So they had the foresight to see that this happens from time to time but only cover their bases for like 5% of that time. Yeah, I think you're doing a dangerous slope though, because if you can review those penalties, what's stopping you from reviewing every penalty? Well, I get that, but then why are you allowed to review the double minor? Right, no, I completely agree. That, that's what makes no sense. That's what it I mean, reminds like, me of when the NFL, you could challenge the pass interference rule and it like stuck for a year and I was like, that was dumb. Yeah, well, I'm not saying, you don't want teams challenging penalties, but I'm just saying, pick a lane. Either you're allowed to review the play or you're not. Yeah, I completely agree. If McCarr was bleeding, then it wouldn't have been a penalty. But since he's not, we get a power play out of it. And I don't know if the the tablet was working, but even if it was, they're not allowed to review it. But they tried to review it anyway. So you're already wasting our time with a review. Why not just make the correct call? I know we benefited from it. Honestly, I'm a hot take. I'm going to argue we didn't because... Now the fans are in the game because they're pissed. The Rangers are pissed off. You have to score on that power play or otherwise you are fighting an uphill battle. We don't. I'd argue the Rangers had full control for the rest of that period. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was – and you knew a makeup call was coming. Like, it you just knew. Yeah. There was going to be a makeup call and you just – we had already accepted it. So I, if you didn't score there, it was kind of like, well, now we're not going to get another penalty for – be lucky to get one more penalty. And I think that's what we got. We got one more power play. Yeah, we did. I believe, yeah, we did. NHL.com is not working. But yes, we got one more power play for the rest of the game. Yeah, but yeah, it was a weird call. The Avs didn't score. But even after that, like that first period was highly entertaining. Um, Shesterkin, we've already talked about how much of an animal he is. He is so fucking good, dude. And the first period ends and we get that makeup call where Dryden Hunt bumps a Rangers player in front of the bench and they called at the end of the period for interference. And you're like, 
okay, that call wasn't announced, but I, I, I guess we have a PK to kill in the in the first, at the start of the second period. Yeah, I thought it was very telling that I did not know about the penalty until you tweeted about it. Yeah, because I heard Ray Ferraro say something at the end. I was like, where the fuck did a penalty happen? Yeah. I, I saw you like, oh, we're going on a penalty kill. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I looked yeah. at NH- I looked at the NHL. I've like Dryden Hunt in the box for interference. Like you you made that up and you are hiding behind the fact that the period ended, which whatever, I guess, because makeup call we all knew was coming, but yes. still that I have I have no argument because I didn't see it. They never showed it. Well, and then they showed the replay at the start of the second period, and you go, Really? Like that's what it is. Okay. I mean, at least we got it out of the way, hopefully, but uh, it didn't get out of the way. Um, a, a real positive from tonight, dude, our PK for the first time all year did not allow a power play goal. They look genuinely really good in this game. They go, they go four for four on the penalty kill. They have one penalty kill where they do not allow a shot. I believe it was that one. Yep. And they do not allow a shot and they looked good. There was one where they didn't look that good, but Georgiev, like he has on some penalty kills so far, been brilliant yeah he's been brilliant and i i'm seeing improvement from this pk i mean there was really no place to go but up. yeah i mean it was only downhill or it's only like you can only get better from where they were so they come back go for four on the pk and then can we take another penalty in that second period yes i feel like we did we it took, was josh manson we, right we, it was the comp for one hooking on lafreniere and then no, the- that was caused by Josh Manson. I, Josh Manson, he didn't have a great game. I don't think he was particularly bad, but there were a couple head scratching moments. You're like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, Manson, I did not think was good. He looked kind of lost. He took some bad penalties. Like we we sung his praises last week after the Minnesota game because he played well, and now yeah. in this game he didn't. I mean, that's just sometimes the journey of a third pair defenseman. Yeah, it's the Josh Manson experience. We, we got the full we got the full experience tonight. Um, and yeah, I mean that, that one, he, he set up comp, right? He, I don't know how he didn't chip that puck out. Like it was an easy clear and he keeps it in and then compress, come back and hook. Was it Lafreniere? Lafreniere. Did he hook Lafreniere? It was Lafreniere. Yeah. So the abs go on another PK, that PK, it, the Rangers held a lot of zone time, but I thought the penalty kill in general was fantastic that period. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to, hard to argue when they go four for four in the game and they really kind of survived the second period i would say i didn't this was obviously their worst period of the game they weren't bad but this was the rangers best i would say rangers get a goal pretty late in the second period from barkley goodrow i mean just amazing puck movement by them on another transition play yeah and just bad luck i mean all three abs forwards are at the end of their shift and they get stuck below below the goal line sammy g if he puts that puck on net i think it's a little bit different but he misses the net and it bounces right to the rangers and I thought Sammy G did a good job getting back, but he he did a full on like dive like you do in NHL, and it was just probably one of the worst dives you can see. Yeah, I've, if Gerard gets that on net, he probably scores. I mean, it yep. was a, a really strong shot. He just missed it, and we've been talking a lot about the boards in this early season so far. Bouncy boards goes right to a Ranger. They get an odd man rush, and there's really not much anyone, least of all Kiev, can do about it. Yeah, it was. He almost made that save. It had to be a perfect shot, shot was, by Goudreau, and it was. He was real close. Yeah, like I, I was confused on how it went in, and then you watch the replay, and it's like this close to Georgiev's blocker. It, it was a good passing play, and there was nothing you could do. And it's one one, and I kind of felt like at that point in the game, I was like, yeah, this game should be tied. Like I don't think any team should have a two goal lead in this game. Yeah, I mean, it felt like we deserved to be winning after the first period, and after the second, it felt like it deserved to be tied. It felt like just a ebb and flow of momentum all game long. Like just, it didn't quite feel like a playoff game, but the momentum was there for both sides. Yeah, it was great, and I didn't think the Avs were particularly bad in that second period. You just knew the Rangers were going to come out with a lot more fire in that second period, and they did. And then the Avs withstood the pressure. It reminded me a lot of the playoffs last year where it's like, you know, you're not going to be able to dominate a good team for 64 minutes. That's just not how hockey works when it's a good hockey team. Like what are the games that the abs dominate in the playoffs? You had game two against Edmonton and game two against Tampa Bay, who I consider good teams. Like the abs never really, you can't dominate a team for that long. So you knew it was coming and they survived. It was one, one, no complaints. Yeah. I mean, it was, 
at this point, like you knew you were in for an all time classic, the shots on goal at this point in the game were 27 for the avalanche, 26 for the Rangers and both goalies were ridiculous. At this point, the Rantanen save had already happened for Shesterkin. Georgiev was making glove saves. Like, he was tracking the puck like a madman today. Oh, like, yeah. He was great, dude. Like, like AJ tweeted this out. Like, he he kind of has that swag that Varlamov had when he was here. Oh, yeah. He screams a lot like Varlamov. I, I think that's just Russian goalies in general. Like, they all kind of have that swag. Like, Vasilevsky's a king of, like, the swag. And Shesterkin did a couple times tonight with that glove. He just flicks it. And he makes it look a lot more. It's the Mark Andre Fleury special. Uh, well, the the Mark Andre Fleury is the absolute king of that. Where he doesn't flick it, he reaches his hand up, grabs it, and then throws it underneath himself. So he does like a fucking cartwheel. It's so <laughs> funny every time. But yeah, I mean, I love Georgiev's confidence. I mean, this game in in its entirety is going to fuel him for the rest of the season. Oh yeah, like that. You had to have known, like, just based off people and how humans work, like, this was probably going to be one of his best games of the year because he wanted to say, fuck you to the Rangers in this game. And he did. Yeah. Oh, my God. He he stuck it right to him. I mean, if he had a bad game in this game, like, I would genuinely be worried about how that's going to affect him for the rest of the season. Like, this oh, yeah. is the kind of thing where it's – he wasn't mistreated by the Rangers, but he was clearly frustrated with his circumstance. Like, he's behind arguably the best goalie in the NHL, and when he does play – the team clearly does not play as hard in front of him. So his numbers look like trash. He asked to get traded in season last year. They said they'll take care of him in the offseason, and he did. Like that was there was a lot of frustration coming into this game. If he finished with like an like an 875 and we lost, I would be worried about how that would affect him. But the exact opposite happened. He was damn near perfect. I'd argue he was perfect outside of plays, outside of his control. And Lo and behold, here we are basically two weeks into the season and goaltending is the least of our problems. Oh, yeah. And it's a complete opposite of what last year is like. It's very weird because the team's only going to get better when you add Landis Cog and Helm back into this lineup. Like they're only going to get better in front of him. And we don't need him to be a 955. We just proved we can win a cup with a 900 goalie. Like we don't need that. But if you're telling me we have that, I'll take that all fucking day, dude. Yeah, if you're if you're getting that Georgiev in high pressure situations, I mean, for Georgiev, for the rest of the regular season, there's not going to be a more high pressure situation than that. Even when we play the Rangers again, it's going to be in Colorado, so there's not going to be that same pressure as winning in New York until the playoffs. He's not going to be in that kind of situation again, so it bodes quite well for him in the playoffs that he's going to perform in high-pressure situations. Yeah, he's going to perform, and in our two biggest tests of the year that he's played against Vegas and New York on the road, he's been phenomenal. He's been arguably the first star in both of the games. Yeah, I, and he was literally the first star. Even even in buildings where I remember the Vegas game, we talked before we recorded that episode, that they gave the the other two stars to, like, I remember. It was like... Michael and... Uh... Stone, I think. Yeah, Stone, who didn't even have the goals in the game, and they didn't give them to the Avs who scored goals in this game, but they gave it to Georgiev. And even in this game, Georgiev, number one star, Shesterkin, number two, and they gave Barkley Goodrow, third star. Like, even these home-biased arenas cannot argue with Georgiev. Yeah. Yeah, he was phenomenal, dude, and I did not think he would be this good right away, but, hey, we'll take it all fucking day, dude. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's not even taking the time to adjust to the system and he's just casually putting up a 44-save performance on the road and totally saving our ass. I mean, because let's face it, he lets in one bad goal, we lose that game, straight up. Shesterkin had an equal night to him. He dueled him the whole way. Yeah, he dueled him the whole way, and Shesterkin made one mistake in the third period. Exactly. And it was... I, like that's the danger of goalies playing the puck. Like you just don't see it as much in today's NHL just because goalies aren't that, you know what I mean? Like active with the puck, but it, you, you, see play. Ha- you see what happens when they are. Yeah. You see what happens. And even Shesterkin, who I think is probably one of the best puck handlers in the NHL um, for a goaltender, he just flubbed it. And Cogliano keeps the four check on, steals the puck from him and finds Logan O'Connor wide open and Shesterkin actually found a way to make it back to make that actually almost saved this he almost saved it and Logan O'Connor just sneaks it in and abs are up 2-1 and you're like okay this feels good because it if 
it felt like the Rangers were going to score on that power play just based off of how the Avs PK has been going. Yeah, it fe- it felt like the Rangers were due for a power play goal, or mm-hmm. we were due to give one up. But again, shorthanded goal for the Avs. While the penalty kill has struggled over the last couple of games, they have their second shorthanded goal of the season. Logan O'Connor, his first goal of the season. Kind of a rip on this shot. I mean, oh, I yeah. Sturkin was a little out of place, but he ripped that shot perfectly. Yeah. It was a beautiful shot by Logan O'Connor and good for him. I mean, I think, I think the third line has been better these past couple of games and they haven't really been rewarded, but they were rewarded tonight. And that goal was just beautiful. And this is reminding me a lot of last year for the abs. I feel like they're going to score a ton of shorthanded goals early in the year. And then they just won't score another one for the rest of the yeah. year. I mean, this game kind of did remind me not a ton, but a little bit of our Tampa game last year in October. Yeah where it's just the only difference right now is we're a better team in October right now than we were last yeah. year. Yeah. We're a much better team than we were in October of last year. So not, granted, not a high bar to clear, but yeah, not a high bar to clear, but this team's so talented that even sometimes when they aren't playing the best, they can find a way to win. So, um, I mean, I, I kind of feel like that's how October has gone so far. The abs yeah. are clearly not the best they can be right now. They never are in October. Very, very rarely are teams the best yeah. they can be in October. It'd be and concerning if they were. Right. And like, if you are at your best in October, you're probably going to burn out later in the season. Like you look at Buffalo right now, Philly, like even you look at Buffalo a couple years ago where they were amazing early in the season, they totally burned out and missed by like 20 points. You see that a lot. Like October is the time to figure things out. And if you're already just digging deep and finding ways to win in what game seven, seven, yeah, seven of the season, then you're, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. You're in pretty good shape. And, I mean, for the rest of the third period, it was just quality fucking hockey. I love the Avs for the fact that they never sit back on a lead. They they never, they're always finding ways to attack. Not anymore. Not Not anymore. anymore. They used to. They used to, but they keep attacking. And it did kind of bite them in the ass later in the third period. McKinnon, which you never see, gets knocked off the puck by Adam Fox. That rarely McKinnon one gets knocked over. Two. It, it it just never happens. So yeah, I think I mean, we're all kind of. I, w- I think it was less relaxed. him getting knocked over. He put himself in a bad spot. Like yeah. he he made a bad read on this play. Put himself off balance with the puck and just gave Adam Fox a golden opportunity to get a, a highlight real play. Yeah, I think the Avs made two mistakes tonight, and they both resulted in the back of the net. Yeah. So I mean, it goes down. There's absolutely nothing your gift could do. I. I get why the abs are diving, but I feel like Ranton actually kind of impeded McCarr from getting back to defending Fox in that situation. Um, and the beautiful tapping goal for Adam Fox. Um, and it's two, two. And I think at that point, both teams were kind of just like, yeah, we'll take chances if we can. But I think both of us just want to get a point out of this game. Cause both of us have played well enough to at least earn a point. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. The Avalanche starting in just a week against the Chicago Blackhawks for their home opener, going up against the Calgary Flames the next night, following that up just a couple days later against the Minnesota Wild. This season is going to get off to a bang right away, and you can get in on all of the action with DraftKings Sportsbook every single night from money line to puck line to individual player props, no matter what you're thinking of, DraftKings has got it for you. And if that's not enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I mean... 
basically what you said. Like, if you give us the opportunity, we'll take it. But from this point on, I mean, that's the that's the frustrating part about the the loser point in the NHL, especially between like East West teams. Yeah. There's really no incentive to try to win in regulation other than the tiebreaker that might not even be a factor at the end of the season. Like it's just such a poor incentive to actually try to, to win a tied game between teams that aren't division rivals, but not to get off on a whole tangent about the, the two ones. Mm-hmm. I could do that for hours, but at this point, the game's tied two two. both teams have played brilliantly. And it's like, it wouldn't have felt right for this game to not go to overtime. This game no. was too good, too close for this to not be two to two. It, it took an abs mistake. Both abs mistakes ended up in the back of the net. And you can argue some Rangers mistakes ended up in the back of the net too. Oh, yeah. The, the, the turnover from Georgiev for the Logan O'Connor goal. You have the, the power play given to us by Capo Caco in the first period. And so that's just what happens when two really good teams play each other. It's, Whoever makes the most mistakes is going to lose. And we go to overtime in this game. And I was very relieved to see at first that we are finally not starting McKinnon and Rantanen together for three on three. Yeah. I don't know what it is about those two, but they just don't work well in overtime. They just don't. They work well at five on five, but three on three, they just don't work. I I don't know what it is because, well, I guess we can talk about because overtime is only five minutes. They did play them together eventually. And (laughs) then Rantanen has a bad pass to McKinnon. It leads to a Panarin breakaway. And then I'd say McKinnon was forced to take a penalty, but I still don't see where he hooked him. I've watched the replay three times and I still cannot see where you're calling a penalty there. Yeah, me either. It it, it seemed like just because McKinnon was at the end of his shift and Panarin was fresh, so that's why they called it. It it looked to me like they just expected McKinnon to take a penalty, and he reached his stick around, and they made the decision before his stick even made contact with him. Because he he did not hook him. Like, I I hate to be a homer here, but he did not hook him. It just straight up did not happen. Yeah, and usually penalties in overtime are a death sentence, especially with RPK. But, I mean, credit to the abs for killing that off josh manson and eric johnson were fantastic in that pk situation which was which was surprising because eric johnson looked at points in this game like he was having trouble keeping up oh dude he looks so slow he did like that usually like it's hard to notice like when a guy looks slow in the nhl because everyone's just so good but when you have two teams like the abs and the rangers who are just so fast and good in transition eric johnson looks like he's in concrete yeah, he did. I think there was one point late in the third where he just got burned. He was just caught flat-footed. And exactly, just got... exactly the play in my head where it's yeah. just like he, he's just he just can't move against yeah. the teams. Like it's a genuine struggle. Yeah, and he he was great. Him and Manson both. Was it Manson or EJ that made that hit on a faceoff that was able to get a clear at late in the overtime? I think it was Manson. I think I was disassociating at that point. So yeah, you know, you have to just dreading me. the game potentially ending. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they they were fantastic in it. I do always think I like this rule. The NHL will never do it because they they don't they're stupid. But if you commit a penalty and there's still a power play time at the end of the game of overtime, you should play until the power plays over. Yeah, I like that idea. I really, what, what's well, stopping the abs from taking like five penalties in the last minute see, of this this, tackling players? This is everyone slowly but surely coming around to my idea that the shootout is stupid. <laughs> Holy shit. How the yeah. hell does that game end in a shootout? I know we won and I'm happy that we won, but I, I specifically tweet every time before the shootout starts that the result does not matter because I don't want to sound salty if we lose, but the res- we tied. The result of this game was a tie, and we won in a tie breaker. So, yeah, you should have, you should be able to finish your power play because the overtime should not end. You yeah. should just play until someone wins. It's three on three. And if you want to go home, win the game. Yeah. Cause I think the, they had what, probably like 30 seconds left on the, on the power play. Enough that it could have been significant. Yeah. Like, what's another 30 seconds of game going to do? In the grand scheme of things. What's another five minutes? Like, just we'll extend this into my problem with the (laughs) NHL. What's another five minutes of three on three? How many games would go past 10 minutes? Not much. I don't think so. Yeah, I agree. Like, there would be, there'd be a few. There'd be an odd shootout here and there. Like, at that point, I get it. 
clearly these teams are not winning this game anytime soon. If you get past half of a period of three on three, yeah. five minutes is not enough time. It's not enough. And a shootout for, for a game like that, a shootout is not a satisfying conclusion at all. No, it's, it's anticlimactic, but it's, I think it's more just about player safety is probably what they would say because they don't want them taking unnecessary hits, even though I feel like Shesterkin probably could have gotten hurt on the shootout by what Erod did to him. So it's kind of like, well, if we're trying to get player safety, technically not having a one-on-one situation would probably be safer. But like it's it's right? three on three. Like how many guys are going out of their way to throw hits in three on three? Like is Ryan Reeves going to see the ice in three on three overtime? In a 10 minute one, maybe. Maybe for three seconds, and then yeah. they will very quickly pull him off the ice because you don't want him on the ice yeah. in a three-on-three situation. So, like, I get it, but the only excuse I ever see is, like, well, the players want to go home. Uh, really? Because the <laughs> shootout seems to take pretty long. I think if we just played five more minutes and someone won the game, then we would have gone home sooner. Yeah, I mean, the three-on-three has definitely helped. I feel like there's not nearly as many shootouts as there were in the early 2010s. It was a plague in the early 2010s where we went to shootouts every time. Like, you can't win games four-on-four in five minutes. You have to admit, shootouts were fucking sweet when they first came in, though. Yeah, great little fun idea at first. It's been, like, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, there's there's still moments. Like, what was the name of that Rangers player who had that sick goal? Uh in like the first year of it, it was a defenseman. I can't remember his I name. Know, but... I know exactly. God, I know this, but for some reason, whenever we're on the pot, I just forget all of my hockey trivia. Yeah, me I too. I want to take a test, but it was against the Capitals. I know that. That's why yeah. I know that. But in this shootout, granted, this is one of the rare times where even I have to admit a shootout is a little cool because it's Georgiev and Shostarkin, and they're going head-to-head and dueling after a crazy game, and Georgiev wins, and you get the camera shot of him losing his mind. So credit where it's due. The shootout worked a little in this context here, but that is a blue moon. It's a blue moon. Sorry, Nico Sturm just scored a goal, and I haven't seen that in a while. So I think, that's he's got, crazy. I think that's his third, man. Yeah, that's crazy. It's fourth. But- Holy shit. Wow, Nico Sturm, Rocket Richard. But um, yeah, he looks weird in the San Jose jersey. Um, He's a but weird yeah, I, like the shootout, I thought that one could have gone 50 rounds. Like I'm surprised there were three goals scored in this shootout. But just mean, the way they, both goalies were playing, that screamed like a 10-round shootout to me. They were perfect goals. I mean, for for the, the Ranton goal, the first one for us that gave us the lead in the shootout, I called it perfectly. I'm like, don't. Don't deke, like fake deke and just rip it on him because he's expecting that. And Ranton goes top shelf and Georgiev has a chance to seal it against Panarin. Panarin just, what is Georgiev supposed to do? Perfect move. And then Evan Rodriguez busts out like the The nastiest shootout. Yeah, the nastiest shootout move of all time. He dekes out Shesterkin, scores on him, and then takes him out after that just to spit on him. But... What a nasty move to give the abs. Like, I don't think Shostakov was expecting that at all from no. Rodriguez of all people. I was not expecting Rodriguez to go. No, I was expecting Val. Yeah, I was too. I, I don't know. I guess Rodriguez showed stuff in training camp that shows he might be pretty good at shootouts. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was, that was a dirty ass that move. Was, that was disgusting. Yeah. For a game like that where the goalies look so good, for Evan Rodriguez to steal the spotlight in the shootout, I did not have that on my bingo card. No, didn't have it on my bingo card. And like you said, Bednar is paying attention at practice because he had to put something on tape where it's like, yeah, this guy's our fourth best shootout guy. And then Georgie at the end, man, I mean, that. I thought Lafreniere made a good move. It's just Georgiev was better. Yeah. I mean, just, and what a, this is the one time the shootout worked in this context. What a great way to to end the game. He makes the save after stealing the game on the road at Madison Square Garden against Shesterkin. Like just the kind of thing, like if you scripted it, it would feel too cliche. Yeah. It, it was perfect. It reminded me, remember when Darcy Kemper did that last year against Edmonton where he like tucked the sword away? That's, yeah. That, well, that's the kind of game that Shesterkin had here. I'd say that was the best performance we had since Darcy Kemper had that game against yeah. him last year. Yeah. And Georgiev was unreal, man. And he deserves all the flowers for this game. And I I think we're going to be talking about him a lot this year, just because if he continues to put performances like that, like it's way too early, but it, I'm going to say it like 
he's he's in the Besna conversation as of right now. Yeah, as of seven, as of seven games into an eighty-two game season, Georgiev has been one of the best. You got yeah. you got to give him credit. Yeah, you got to give him credit. And will he sustain it all year? I don't know. But I mean, what's coming back down to earth to him? A nine fifteen. But like that's the thing. We don't even need him to. Like no. once once this team gets rolling and they they get Landis Gog back and they get Helm back and they get some guys rolling, the scoring is gonna come. Like five on five scoring is iffy right now, but it'll figure itself out in time. Once that gets going and the power plays clicking, you're not gonna need Georgiev to be a nine fifty. You give me a nine ten, we're winning every game. Yeah. It, it's going to be great. And you know that uh, McFarland and Sackick are going to trade for someone this year. Oh, I man. mean, they're There's, going to trade. for. We're someone. not coming out of the trade deadline empty handed. What we've yeah. seen from the fourth line, I'd be shocked if we made it to the trade deadline. Yeah, but it's true really to tell who's on the trading block and who's not because teams like the Flyers who were supposed to be bad are somehow still really good. So it's not there quite yet, but you know, they're going to add pieces and, I think the defense is only going to get better with more time. Like it, I completely agree that if, if the abs continue to see your gift needs to be a nine fifteen nine twenty, and you win 85% of your games. Again. Cause like we go to the playoff conversation, I know seven games into the season, but Darcy Kemper in the playoffs last season got stabbed in the eye and was a nine Oh two. And the abs went 16 and four. They won a Stanley cup. They won a Stanley cup. They lost four games. You put Alex Georgiev in front of a team that knows how to play in the playoffs and turns it on in the postseason and gives gives you a 9-10. That, that's it. A 9-10. League average. You are fine. Yeah. You're golden. You're, you're in a really good spot. So, yeah, I mean, just an unreal hockey game. It's going to be tough for the rest of this road trip for a game to top that. Like you, you already know that this Devils game is going to be so ugly. Like it's oh. not going to be a fun game, and it's just going to be a gross game. I mean, it could be the exact opposite, where you have like Frankie going up against Blackwood, and it's like a five-four game with like combined forty shots. Yeah, that's that's quite possible because I agree. I think you probably go Frankie against New Jersey, and then you give Georgiev the game on Saturday. Yeah, going against going against Saturday. going against Sorokin, who is like very much up there with Shesterkin, you give Georgi of that run. Yeah. And then they have what, like a, like six days off before the Finland games. Yeah. Well, we have two days off before this back-to-back and then we have, so that the Islanders games on Saturday and we play next Friday against Columbus back-to-back and then four days off. So we have two games pretty much over the course of the next 10 days. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep Georgi fresh. Like, I, I honestly, I think that's going to be, those will be fun games in the moment, but it's also kind of like, why why do we have to do this? Like, why are the abs the ones that have to go over there? I know. Like, well, we have Ranton in, and we have Lekin in, and we got the finished players, and Patrick Lyonnais back, so it's just, we're trying to grow the stupid game overseas, yeah, get some more stupid, stupid fans so we can raise the stupid salary cap. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... Annoying, but. Those are gonna be so weird to watch, like the abs at eleven a.m. my time. Right, That's gonna be Friday, so weird. like on a Friday. Yeah, like I'm gonna try and get off of work and take the day off, but I I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, well, I, it's not about us here. It's about yeah, the- it's about growing the game. All those I know we have some some Finland listeners, so I'm happy you guys get to see this team because they are fucking awesome. But yeah. we actually have a lot of Finnish listeners. I should stop yeah. talking in such a condescending tone. Yeah. No, the, the the Finnish people are great, and uh, I, I have never met a Finnish person I didn't like. I'm yeah, granted, I don't I'm living. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know if I've ever met a Finnish person. I I know a, a handful of people from Finland, whether they were born there. So I know some people still live in Finland. They are some of the kindest people I have ever met. Yeah, I mean, my best friend's sweet from Sweden, so I guess there's that little natural rivalry. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I guess we get to experience what they get to experience every other game of the year, and that's games at just weird times. Well, at least for us, it's in the afternoon, and one yeah. of them on a Saturday. It's not like watching a game at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday. That's true. That's true. But they're just passionate fans, man. 
Oh, so yeah. I mean, they, I mean they, they deserve this. Like we're complaining, but like it's it's two games. They're against Columbus. Who cares? Yeah. We'll probably lose both of them. Let's be real. Probably will. <laughs> well, honestly, this is we're improving. We might win one this time. Yep, we may win one. But yeah, I mean that's going to be an interesting experience. Um, should we do like? Well, let's just we're getting to the end of the episode. Let's uh, let's let's give some predictions for the Devils and Islanders games. What are you thinking? I see. I I don't think my one from earlier for the Devils game is going to be that far off. If we're playing Frank, like this is no offense to Frankie, but I think if it's a a Blackwood Frankie game, I wouldn't be surprised to see that five three Avs. Yeah, I think this is a major letdown spot for the Avs. I would not be shocked if they lost this game. I wouldn't be either. Trap game central. The Devils are not bad, but the no. Devils are very liable to give up a lot of goals very quickly, but also score a lot of goals very quickly. Just look at their last two games. They gave up like four goals in a period of the Caps last night, and I think they scored like five goals against the Red Wings today in yep. very short succession. Like they are – a team that is not there yet, but they have the pieces to be dangerous. And they outshoot their opponent like essentially every night. They destroyed yeah. the Red Wings six to two today and yeah. put up 41 shots on them. So I mean Red Wings aren't bad either. So I, I, completely, bad either. I, I completely agree. It's going to be very interesting. I think that's a letdown spot. I don't usually predict the Avs to lose, but I wouldn't be shocked if they get outdueled in this one like five four in overtime. Yeah, like if if we're on our game, if we if we play the way we played against the Rangers. Then, and Vegas. Yeah. yeah, and Vegas. Then we will win this game. If we play the way we did against the Kraken or the Jets, then we will lose this game. I think it's that simple. I mean, and credit to the Devils. That was the Red Wings' first regulation loss of the season. Yeah. And the, the Devils, all season, they're going to be this team where they're Jekyll and Hyde, where they're either going to get blown out and crushed or they're going to win games big. They're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe next year they will, but they're an exciting team to watch. But if the Avs defense is there, if they go with Gior, even if Frankie's in, I think Frankie's due to have a big game. So I'm I'm sticking with the Avs to win just because they're playing well lately. So I have no reason to believe that they're going to take the night off here. And I think I'm going to stick with five to three. I don't, I don't hate that. I just feel like this is such a major letdown spot. So that's why I think they, I, I think they may drop this one and then beat the shit out of the Islanders on Saturday. I think the Islanders game is going to be pretty tough. Probably, let's face it, low-scoring game. That's probably when we're going to see Georgiev going up against Sorokin. Probably another goalie duel. And 3-2 abs. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they start Varlamov in a revenge game, but he's had like 12 revenge games against the abs at this point. So yeah. if, if, if he's still calling them revenge games, he's being petty. Yeah. So... Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun weekend, and then we, we got like a week without abs hockey, so just get prepared. We're going to have a fantastic episode Sunday, and then Tuesday will just be who knows yeah, what. Tuesday, we will see. Yeah. We'll probably just have like an around the NHL episode or something. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised. The Islanders are last in the East right now. I feel like they haven't played that bad, though. Yeah, I mean, they've played six games, but they have the exact same record as the Arizona Coyotes. Coyotes won big tonight, man. They did. They beat up on the Blue Jackets tonight. You best believe on Friday when they open up Mold Arena, I am taking the Coyotes money line. Is that on, is that on Friday already? Yeah, Friday on national TV. Oh, you better. Who are they playing? I have, to I have no idea, but it's Coyotes Winnipeg. money. They're playing Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. Coyotes on, money line. 1030 yeah. on a Friday. Like that entire stadium, you could you could probably get drunk just by breathing in that air. Yeah. Mold Arena, baby. You're telling Mold me. Mold Arena. Thinking? college atmosphere season opener everyone knows this is the worst team you've ever seen and that is only going to enhance the experience yes it's gonna be great so i can't wait for that one i can't wait for the abs on friday too like that'll be a good like dessert after the main entree it's just watching mold arena so um i can't wait i i can't think do we miss anything from this one game not that I can think of, or at least not. I'll probably remember once I'm editing and realize how much stuff we actually missed. But you know what? Why don't I? Because I have not looked at Twitter at all after this game. So I'm going to make sure that like no one had like a season ending injury or anything very quickly. <laughs> but uh, we we look like we're good. I mean, just a, a great win for for Alex Georgiev. A great Dude, win. For the we didn't Avs. even mention this. The fourth liners actually got some shifts in the third period. Yeah, in the third period, and somehow played less time because he had Martin <laughs> Martin Cout played four forty nine. 
Mikhail Maltsev, who Mikhail Maltsev played in this game, will be 554, Dryden Hunt 643. We are getting players before the trade deadline. Yes. This There is simply not a combination of players that Jared Bednar likes at the moment. Yeah. After the third line, it's just kind of... But they did play some shifts in the third period. I think they, they got two. They did definitely play at least a shift in the third period this time. Well, see, I, I want them to, I, I, we just need a game where the abs are like blowing a team out and they can just get consistent ice time throughout the game. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I feel like, I feel like Cout hasn't been really given a cheese played a combined 12 minutes in the three I, games. He's like, been up. Has his time on ice this season even been a combined 20 minutes? Yeah. I don't think so. No. So I think we just need one of those. All these games we've been playing recently have been super close games, so you can't throw them out there. There, there was one play that Cout had where if he swapped his handedness, he probably would have had a goal. There was yeah. one play where a puck bounced right out in front of Shesterkin, and it's on the opposite side of him. If he switched his hand to his left hand, he'd have a goal. Yeah, I agree. So I, we just need one of those games, and we haven't had one recently. So I'm hoping we get one of those games where, I mean, even if the abs are getting blown out, like I, I just want to see him get some confidence and actually play more than four fucking minutes. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to see Martin Kaut get a chance. Yeah, because he, he he hasn't gotten a chance. You cannot call these games a chance. They're not. He's getting thrown out there. They're, these are pity minutes. Yeah. These are we're throwing you out there because we have to. But that's that that's the sport right now. So I I hope there's a game where he gets to play a little bit. But I mean, other than that, I, I think Hunt's probably like. As long as he stays healthy, he's probably going to stay in this lineup for I a think, while. I think he's pretty secure at the moment. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't he have to go back on waivers if Correct. we send him down? So It's the same thing like it was with Knack. Yeah. So I doubt they're going to send him down anytime soon. Because if they did, the Rangers will just be like, fuck okay, you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we will take him back, I guess. Yeah. So, so Hunt's going to be up here for the long haul, at very least until we get some guys back. Even then, I imagine he'll stick around as an extra. Just yeah. I mean, him and McDermott will be the two extras and McDonald. Yeah. I got. I, I thought it was funny that people were upset that McDermott did not play in this game. Dude, I'm always upset when McDermott doesn't play. I, I know you're not, but people had like, well, we're playing Ryan Reeves. Like, we need to be able to protect ourselves. And I loved when when Lekkanen took that hit from Jacob Trouba. He's like, it's where you need Curse McDermott to answer. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It was a fine hit, whatever. And Lekkanen's fine. Truba doesn't usually make clean hits, but he made a clean hit there. Yeah, like every once in a blue moon, Jacob Truba can land a hit that is not in the head. Yeah, like, if, and if Curse McDermott was playing, that wouldn't have prevented it. He wouldn't have been playing because of the top lines on the ice. Yeah. So it's fine. And I'm cool with the extras, but I agree. I mean, that tr- this trade uh, deadline is going to be interesting because we have our first round pick. You don't really have any prospects you can trade because well, I don't think you're a prospects to begin with because like he'll be a low level prospect for someone, but you, yeah, like at, at some point you're going to need somebody to play yeah. for you in the future. Some, sometime, but we'll, we'll get there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a move at the trade deadline. I don't know if it's going to be as big as like Arturi Lekkanen and Josh Manson. I don't think, I don't think it needs to be. I mean, it wouldn't hurt if you want to to acquire, if you want to acquire a top six player and push some guys down the lineup, that would work fine. But if you want to find another Cogliano or a Helm or someone like that at the deadline, there'll be plenty of them out there. If you want to. How sick would it be if they got Berkey back? Would literally never happen. And I hate (laughs) you for even suggesting that as a possibility, but. What if it's like four years down the line, he's on the last year of his deal and the Kraken still aren't good and he comes back? How sick would that be? I can't wait that long. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, I, I don't think we have anything else. Berkey had a beautiful assist now. I don't know if you saw that. I, um, I know. I didn't even have to see it. I already knew it in my heart. Yeah. So, but I, I got nothing else, man, unless you I mean, got something. Do you want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks? Oh, the Vancouver Canucks are just one of the worst teams in the NHL to a surprise to a few. But if you've been watching the Canucks for the past couple of years, they're just like the most um, average team in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like they're just winless. They blew leads in like four yeah. of seven games so far. They well, could have the- they could have started the season four. No. Yeah. And the worst part about it is they aren't bad enough for a top lottery pick. They just aren't. They might be at this point. I don't think so, man. I think Thatcher Demko's too good. But right now yeah. he's not. 
right now he's not, but yeah, that team has too much talent. I know it's all hurt right now, but yeah, it's, I, I, they just, they went all in with these guys and Pedersen really hasn't taken a step forward. JT Miller, like hates all of his teammates and like Bo Horvath, I think is okay. Like it's just a very average core. Pedersen all like, locked up long term. Yeah, like Pedersen, like he's great. Is he elite? I don't know. Like he's a good top six forward, but great. he's not a. I'd, I'd argue a top line forward. I'd give him that. Yeah, he, no, like, he's definitely like, that, but he's just he hasn't progressed from his rookie form. Yeah, and is Quinn Hughes the guy you build your defense around? No, he reminds me a lot of like I think he's a best description of Sam Gerrard. For yeah, anyone he's else, the, like, he's like the final form of Sam Gerard. Yeah, that Gerard. Like makes. Sam Gerard is makes significantly less than him. So, yeah, and Gerard might be better at defense still. Yeah. So yeah, the Canucks are in uh, quite the conundrum. The Wild actually won a game tonight against Montreal. Whoopee! Yeah, yeah, for you guys. So I mean, yeah, it's still early in the year, but there are some teams that you're like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about Nashville last episode. They have not won a game against a team in the United States this season. They went 0-4-1 ever since they came back from the check against the Sharks. And I get like Vancouver, it's brutal out there. Like, did you see the Jim Rutherford interview the other no, day I didn't. On, on After Hours talking like they had a bad camp? We'll see what happens with Boudreaux. We might be progressing towards a rebuild, like just hitting all of the beats in one race. How can you progress towards a rebuild when you have all these guys locked up long-term? How can you progress towards a rebuild when you never rebuilt? Yeah. They never rebuilt at all. I just, I find it so funny. Yeah. Well, I just find it so funny that the Canucks for years just thought they were above this concept of a rebuild. Like, pfft. That's for lesser organization. Look yeah. how long it took the Sabres. Look at the Coyotes, right? That's that's what rebuilds get you. As if the Canucks for five years were not worse than both of those teams. Yeah. And God, I mean, they're in a bag of shit right now. I watched their game against the Hurricanes last night. It was a close game for a little bit. The start of the third period, it was 1-1. Two minutes into the third period, 3-1 Hurricanes. They lose 3-2. And now they're 0-7 on the season. Like that Sabres game for them was ugly. Uh, ugly. I, I had the Sabres money line, so I was cool with it. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the Sabres look decent. I think they're getting their asses kicked by the Kraken right oh, now. Oh, yeah. The, the Sabres look decent, but that crowd was ugly. Like they, they gave the Canucks a break for the, the home opener for intros and everything. You could see on the players' faces, they were scared. They were out on the ice like, shit, are we about to get booed because we haven't won a game yet? They got cheered. And then that third period happened, and that was merciless. Yeah, they were like, throwing jerseys on the ice. Yeah. It, it's not good in Vancouver right now. Throwing jerseys on the ice, and man, has the tone shifted around Bruce Poudreau over the last half of a year. See, that's to me, it's like, you know what Bruce Boudreaux is. Like, what other coach is out there right now that's going to fix this? I mean, if if they don't turn it around, it really doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, it's true. But yeah, I mean, Canucks, sorry. I, I mean, it's just, yeah, I, they'll turn it around and they will be like an 85 point team and they'll draft 11th and that's I mean, their life. There is one ideal landing spot for Connor Bedard. Is it not Vancouver? Where oh, that'd be from, sick, dude. Where he's from. And then you get Bedard versus McDavid for the next 15 years. Yeah, that'd be sick. I, we all know Bedard's either going to end up in Montreal or fucking like, like he just doesn't, there's no way he can go to San Jose, right? Like if he goes to San Jose, that's worse for the NHL. San Jose, I think would be better, honestly, than some of the, like Arizona. Arizona would be sick. Don't even lie, man. Connor Bedard does not deserve to play in a 5,000 seat arena for that's the true. first four years of his career. That's true. But I think the Sabres are going to be too good for the first overall pick. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's like San Jose, Philly, who knows what they're going to be. But, like, it seems like it'll be Montreal. Montreal would be interesting for him. I think that's like the NHL's dream scenario as he ends up there. Him and Caulfield playing together would be pretty sick. Yeah, they get back-to-back first overall picks. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. But, 
I, th- I think it's a good thing that Chicago is winning games right now. Like they've yeah. won four in a row. They beat the Panthers today, I think. They just I, beat I think it's Panthers. five in a row. Five in yeah. a row, actually. Yeah, they're five and two now. Right? Is it still four? And, I don't know. But I think it's. I think they're four and two now at this point. So it's great that they're winning games. They're not going to make the playoffs. So I don't want them getting Connor Bedard because that is the nightmare scenario. Yes. Where they, they get rewarded for their horrendous behavior, tank once, and then immediately get Connor Bedard. Nightmare. That's how the NHL works, though. Pro- that's probably what's going to happen. Best case scenario, I, I want Bedard to go to Seattle. That'd be sick. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. You get Bedard, Beniers, right, and then you have a top line of Bjorkstrand, Bedard, and Berkey. And Berkey scores 50 goals. Yeah. That'd be sick. I'm cool with that. That's the dream. I think Seattle may be too good, though, too. I think they're going to cool off. I mean, as long as you're in the bottom 10, you have a chance. That's true. But, but yeah, I mean, the Connor Bedard sweepstakes are in full effect right now. Yeah, and there's there's going to be some teams that pull the shoot on this season very quickly. Yes. Like, if the Canucks, if the Canucks stay bad, I, I think it would be dumb for Jim Rutherford to do anything else other than, oh, no, my hands are tied. Bye, everybody and get Connor Bedard and finally turn the Canucks into a good team. Yeah, but they can't really trade anyone. Holy shit, Matt Nieto just scored a beauty. Yeah, they're all they're all coming out of the woodwork today. Love it. Matt Nieto's going to be an app by the end of this year. I can promise you that. We love our old guys. Yeah, he'll be an app. McKinnon loves him. Well, I mean, for the Canucks, they can trade Orbat because he's a, he's a UFA after this season. Or, or they can just do what they do for everybody and just sign him. Sign him, yeah. We'll see. But yeah, I mean, there's some interesting starts, but we'll be able to dive into those a lot more on next Wednesday's episode when we have nothing about the abs to talk about. Yeah. And once we get a couple more games under our belt with everybody else, and we'll start, we'll slowly but surely start to see who's, who's really good this year. I feel like there's a lot of outliers right now. Oh, yeah. So we'll see where all that goes in time. Abs win three to two in a shootout over the New York Rangers. I don't see any game this season being better than this one other than like an outlier, like eight to six game or something like that. Even then those aren't as fun as this, like yeah. super tense goalie duels and everything like just good hockey. I don't see a game being better than this. So really sets a great tone for the rest of the season that it does not get better than this. And we are seven games in. So <laughs> regardless, we will be back on Sunday talking about the abs two games against the New Jersey Devils and the New York Islanders. Kale McCarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. Use promo code tell it abs it is for access to $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Though you, I suppose you do have quite a bit of time before November 10th, but when they're back, three game homestand, Nashville, Carolina, St. Louis, those are all games that I would definitely go make an effort to go see if you can. So yes. promo code tell it as it is really helps the show out. We want to help you save some money. So keep us in mind next time you're buying some tickets. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it as it is. But until then, we will talk to you guys next time talking about the New Jersey and the Islanders game. But until then, let's go abs. 